Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Josefa Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Welcome everyone to the next episode of Get Paid for Your Pad, episode number 95 today. And today we have a former guest who's also already been on the show in episode 77, I believe. Uh, his name is John, and he is the lead of growth for Pearlshare, which basically means that he's in charge of looking after the hosts that have signed up with Pearlshare, which is an app that you can use to provide local recommendations to your Airbnb hosts. So, John, welcome to the show. Welcome back. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, it's great to be back on the show. Um, I've listened to most of the episodes in between, and they're all worth going back and listening to. So if you haven't listened already, please do go back and listen to Jasper's back catalogue because there is a nugget. There's at least two or three things that I've taken from every single show that I've then gone on to speak to someone else about. So I think you're doing a great job. Um, so keep it up, Jasper. Oh, thanks for that. And uh, thanks for coming back on the show. Today, we're going to talk about what's new in Airbnb land. So we're going to try something new. Uh, instead of uh, doing a particular interview about one subject, we're just kind of going to go through a bunch of things that are going on right now uh, with regards to Airbnb. And there's a lot, a lot going on. And John actually recently started uh, sending out this uh, Airbnb bulletin where he uh, kind of compiles a, a, a bunch of uh, news stories, you know, which is really convenient for me. Because uh, yeah, then I don't have to do it. So uh, <laughs> thanks, a lot, thanks a lot for doing that. That's all right. If you if you go to if you find me on Twitter, if you go to John M A Bauer on Twitter at the moment, it's my pinned tweet. I can't guarantee if you're listening to this way in the future that it's still going to be there. But um, the pinned tweet is where you can go and sign up to that email list. And we went out to just under 200 hosts um, on Tuesday. First first email. And uh, so far, we've seen 60% open rates and um, 20% of the people that it was sent to have clicked on it so far. So there's obviously some valuable stuff in there. Um, I wasn't expecting a reaction like that, which is why I'm sort of very happy to tell you about it. And yeah, it's it's something that I think has been that, that there's been a, a gap for that sort of thing for a little while. And as, as Jasper said at the start, it's my job to sort of be looking after the hosts that are using Pearlshare. And, you know, I'm already doing research in that area anyway. It makes sense to just summarize it and send it out. So, yeah, uh, it's something that has given me an insight into the sort of Airbnb and wider sort of holiday rental world. And it's something that I want to pass on to anybody that's interested. So please do go and sign up to that list if you're listening to this right now. Awesome. So let's uh, let's dive into all the stuff that's going on. Uh, you just mentioned some things to me, and some of some of the stuff I already knew. Some some I didn't. So I'm really excited to to dive in and and see what's yeah. going on. So good. <laughs> so am I. Um, <laughs> okay. And this is this. So the way I see it at the moment, Jasper, Airbnb and that whole holiday rental space is going through a number of changes. Airbnb themselves, you know, being the the market leader there 
doing a lot of running a lot of new initiatives to get their brand out there and to get more people uh, to come and stay with them. And they've introduced a load of new features and a load of new sort of initiatives in order to do that. Um, but then on the flip side of that, it seems that governments around the world and governments in the major cities that Airbnb is, is kind of known for um, are seeming seem to be doing work to sort of, I don't, I don't want to say like shut them down, but that does seem to be the effect that um, the, the the new sort of laws and regulations and things that are being rolled out across the world uh, are doing. So hopefully we can touch on a bit of both sides. Where would you like to start? <laughs> well, let's start in, in Europe because there's there's a lot going on. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a while back Berlin uh, implemented some pretty strict rules regarding to uh, Airbnb hosting. Now, yes. I I myself, I'm, I'm experiencing some... Uh, some some issues here in Amsterdam because technically uh, you know I'm I'm not allowed to rent out my entire place because I don't have a permit and in Amsterdam you're only allowed to rent out for sixty days if you don't have a permit so it seems like this, the the local authorities are stepping up their uh, efforts in, in terms of enforcement which uh, you know makes me feel a little bit nervous so I'm actually I'm actually looking at other places and potentially moving my whole Airbnb business abroad. But uh, you mentioned Paris to me as well. Uh, I think they're doing some sort of vote. Yeah. So, so let's let's just recap sort of the current state of play in Europe. So, um, I think the important distinction here is that for anyone renting, I think there are three kinds of room that you can rent on Airbnb. Right? You can rent out um, a shared room, a private room, or um, your entire house. Now, um, what we're about to talk about doesn't affect those first two. It doesn't affect it if you're just renting out a room in your place. All of these these regulations seem to only affect if you're renting out your entire place and you're not there while you're doing it. So Berlin sort of seemingly seemed to shut down anybody renting out their entire place. Um, <laughs> in England, you can, uh, in, particularly in London, you can um, rent out your entire home for 90 days in a year. Um, and in Paris, I think it's currently 120 days that you can rent that out for. No, sorry, in Paris, it's currently uh, unlimited, but they're about to introduce this thing or, or they're voting on um, they're voting on this thing which will enforce 120 days only, which, you know, while, while that is still, you know, a big chunk of the year, um, it will affect it will affect anybody renting out their entire place um, and people that are relying on that sort of income coming in from either their 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 own property because they're off traveling you know something akin to what you um, have done in the past Jasper or you know people that have like a second place that they're um, renting out on Airbnb and using to subsidize or you know they are professional Airbnbers and they have a, a properties that they are they're renting out so it looks like, and I, I spoke to someone the other day, um, a, a host in, in Paris, and uh, she was telling me that she's she's worried about this. You know, she's worried about how it's going to affect her, and I, th- I think it's very right to to worry about it. If if your income, uh, if you are reliant on it, that income, then you know it, it will it, it reduces down what you could earn in a year by two thirds, right? One hundred and twenty days, so. Um, I'm not really sure what that's going to mean for Paris because, you know, I've, I've got, I've dug up some data, um, recently and at the moment 
in Paris, there are almost... So I, I looked at Paris, London, New York, Los Angeles, Sydney, Madrid, Amsterdam, Barcelona. I don't think that's currently the the top 10 by um, number of listings, but they are all major cities when it comes to Airbnb. Would you agree? Absolutely. I, I think right. uh, those are definitely some of the biggest ones. Yeah. Um, and, and Paris is definitely the biggest. Now, looking at Paris is looking at the split of different kinds of property in Paris. Um, in 2016, May 2016, there are 35,000 entire homes listed, right, compared to only just under 6,000 private rooms. Okay, so that split is massively weighted towards the entire homes, uh, entire home side. If you compare that to something like London, which, or sorry, if you compare that to New York, which has nearly as many properties in total, the split is much more even between entire homes and uh, private rooms. I think the the there in in New York in 2016 there are 17,000 uh, entire homes listed on Airbnb and 14,500 private rooms. So if this goes ahead, if what they're proposing goes ahead in Paris, it's going to mean a seismic shift um, in 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 the Airbnb market there, right? Because all of those entire homes are either going to be shut down because the hosts don't want to deal with that, you know, and they're, they're going to stop doing it, or they're going to be massively limited by how long they can legally rent their Airbnb property for. So if that was to, you know, if you were going to put that, if, if that same situation was happening in New York, you would see much less of an effect because the split is, is more evenly distributed. Right. I have two questions, John. First of yeah. all, are they going to, are they going to release some sort of amount of, of permits like in Amsterdam for, for full-time hosts? I believe so, yeah. I believe, I don't know if it's like a limited number, but you will need to register. You will need to register your, your uh, holiday rental home with the local council uh, or with, with the Paris authorities. And you will only be able to uh, sign up from what I've heard from the Parisian host. I haven't checked this. I don't know if this is true but you will only be able to um, list on Airbnb in Paris if you have that kind of registration number. And then the French authorities are actually going to roll that out to all cities with a population of more than 200,000 inhabitants. So it's not just Paris that this affects. This is the whole of France that this is this is going to go on to affect. Um, so, yeah, as I say, the, the potential for um, the potential effect that it's going to have on Airbnb um, in France is is massive, is massive. Uh, right. And do you need a permit for the 120 days or not? I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether I, I from what I, um, from the conversation I had, I think you need a permit, not, you know, um, a permit to do it at all. Um, and the reason for that is that the French authorities before it was up to you to declare the earnings that you, you made on any Airbnb income. But I think um, what this is is leading towards is the French authorities having full transparency of how many of those properties are being um, rented and when they're rented. And that means on an individual basis that uh, you will be taxed um, anyway. Like it's not, it, it won't be a case that you, it's left to you to declare it. They will have full visibility of that. So I think that's the aim with what they're trying to do. And I mean, that, while that might be a bad thing if people are trying to 
I don't know, if you're doing something slightly illegal and not quite declaring all of the money that you've earned through it, you know, for whatever reason, um, then obviously that's going to have an effect on you. But actually, if you think about that, and if you think about the the French authorities having full transparency um, and having full visibility of all that stuff, it might be a net positive effect because they will then understand, they will have, as opposed to just the figures that Airbnb report to them, they will have a real idea of the occupancy rates and of the uh, going rate for rooms and that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, from what, when I went to the Airbnb Open in Paris, the, the French authorities were working, seems to be working very closely with Airbnb to the point where, you know, the, the deputy mayor was on stage um, and he opened the Airbnb Open uh, while we were there in Paris. So, you know, I don't know whether there's been a bit of a U-turn and, and the, um, the people in, in power have, have changed their minds or whether, you know, it's it's just something that has got some bad press. But I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of torn between the two because whenever I've rented uh, my place on Airbnb, we've rented it as as an entire home, but that's because it was a self-contained unit um we were still next door and so i don't know i don't know how i'd be affected in the future if we went back to um listing our property on airbnb again i mean how do, how do you feel about jasper because if you're, you're you're thinking about you know shutting down and moving i, I mean I, the, the laws in amsterdam sound much stricter it sounds like it's really controlled 60 days well yeah it's, that's one thing but uh, you know the other thing is uh the the enforcement because it's not so much about the rules I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't really mind breaking the rules, you know? Yeah. I, I always feel like... Rules are made uh, to be broken, right? They're made to be broken. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, the, the way that I see it is like, I own this house. It's my house. I, I worked hard for it. I've paid for yeah. it with my own money. And I feel like mm-hmm. I should be able to do whatever I want with it mm-hmm. and, until somebody stops me. So, you know, in, instead of asking for permission, I... I found in life that uh, asking, uh, just doing stuff and then, you know, if somebody stops you, then so be it. Is a uh, is a more effective and productive approach to getting things done. Uh, so you know the the question that I have is, okay, these rules are all you know it's all it's all cool, but are they actually going to enforce it? Because that's that's the more important question to me. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 so, and, and really and, interesting. Go on. And, yeah, and that and that's in Amsterdam. That's that's really the shift that has taken place. Uh, before you know, there was maybe a couple uh, guys at the at the city hall who were, uh, you know, if they get a complaint, they might go have a look and uh, give you a warning or something. Whereas now they, they hired IT people to scrape the Airbnb website and to try and find all these different Airbnb listings. And I've, I've heard stories about people, you know, the, the, the police and the fire department actually going into houses, breaking open the door, chasing the locks and, and shutting people down. No. And so, you know, that's, that's a that's a big shift, I, I think, and you know I, I don't know if I keep doing it. I don't know how long I could I could still do it, but uh, you know I might want to just find a place where I can uh, I can do what I want and not have to worry about uh, you know somebody like shutting down my place because you know you, you got to imagine if somebody shuts down your place and you have tons of bookings lined up, those are all going to be cancellations on your Airbnb profile, so your yeah. your whole Airbnb reputation. You know, it goes down the drain. Yeah, and, you know, oh, that's see, that's that, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that. So, if if you've already got bookings for into the summer, 
Um, of course, yeah, that that that, that could have a, a huge effect on people's reputations. Yeah, because you know, think about uh, when you move to a different location. So let's say I, I move my Airbnb business to a different country. Yeah. Now, I could keep my listing in Amsterdam active for for the time being. And then when I create my new listing in the other country, it will show that, will, that I have 250 or 300 reviews, you know, for, for my other listing. And so that will give me a lot of, it'll give a lot of trust for me to get my, my new listing up and running. Right. Yeah. Now, if, if my other profile is full of like constellations, then obviously that's, you know, something that uh, I don't want to show really. So then in that case, I would just have to start over completely from scratch. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, that's definitely a, a consideration. You know, I'd rather step out of this in a controlled way and just kind of like move my business somewhere else smoothly than uh, being shut down. And, and and the other problem I have with, with this is, you know, I travel. So if I'm in, uh, in the U.S., like this summer, I'm going to spend like two or three months in the U.S. And so... You know, if, if they shut me down while I'm in the US, now suddenly I have to go back to Holland. I have to sort all this stuff out. You know, mm-hmm. if I want to move my business, I have to sell my house. I have to buy a house somewhere else. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. You, you don't, no. you can't get that done in a couple of weeks' time. So I'm going to have a long period where I'm basically not doing anything. Yeah. You know, whereas if I, if I do it in a controlled manner, then, I can kind of like time it right. You know, I can I can do some research first, see where I want to buy a new place and then sell my my, my house in Amsterdam. And then as soon as I get the money, I'm, I'm ready to buy something else and, you know, maybe yep. get up, get my listing up and running in the, you know, within like four weeks or so. I think that's, that should be possible if you plan it correctly, but you can't plan if, if you get shut down unexpectedly. No, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think it's worth considering you know, it's always it's always worth trying to consider how you can stay ahead of these sorts of issues, um, because as you say, the last thing you need is if you're out of the country is someone. Well, the immediate problem of someone ringing you up saying people have just come in, shut us down, and I'm left here. Where where can I go and stay? Because it's still your responsibility, right? It's written into the terms of service. It's your responsibility to rehome people. But yeah, I I, I think the whole, the whole situation. I, I don't want to. I don't want to like get too negative on it because i think that um you know realistically across the rest of the world the sort of thing that might happen in paris you know it might happen it might happen in every city in the world but airbnb that it just means that the nature of airbnb is going to change and you know it might be a measurable effect it might not but you know i I think what you're doing sounds very sensible um, just taking a look at your options elsewhere um, and at the markets and at the the places that maybe aren't quite as developed as an Airbnb city yet. Um, I mean, where where have you got your eyes on? Is there anywhere that you would you would say is particularly sort of liberal or? Yeah, I'm actually looking at Chile in South America right now. Wow, that's quite a change. It is. Well, I've I've looked up. Uh, I've considered different options. Um, okay. You know and. Uh, there's a few things that are great about Chile. First of all, it's a very liberal country. So they, they have a very liberal stance towards people doing business. They're very friendly right. to foreigners. So it's relatively easy to, to go out there and, and buy a property. Now, the next, the other thing is properties are very affordable down there. So, right. you know, you could probably uh, get an apartment for about 50,000 euros. You can, you can get a one right. bedroom apartment. And then also, uh, there's, there's not a lot of, 
taxes. It's it's fairly uh, it's fairly the process to buying a house and the property taxes is all pretty doable. And um, well, for me personally, there's another advantage because my sister in law is actually from Chile, so you know she okay. has a, she has a lot of family down there in Santiago. And um, it's uh, my brother has actually bought a house together with my uh, my sister in law. They've they've bought a house in in Chile themselves. So you know, for me, it'll be easy to to get my uh, my sister in law's family support. And uh, you know, it's it's always good to know some people on the ground, especially when you want to run run your Airbnb listing remotely. Mm. Obviously, you need to have that support. So uh, so it would just be an easy location for me to uh, to expand to or to flee to, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> but then, ideally, like uh, my ideal vision is that I would have maybe two or three houses in different locations around the world where I would then go and stay for maybe two or three months out of the year. And then uh, that way I would never have to uh, pay for short-term accommodation anymore because now mm. if you stay somewhere for a couple of weeks or a month, it's, uh, even Airbnbs you know, are, are, are quite expensive compared to long-term rentals, right? Or compared yeah. to owning a home. So yeah. I would save myself a lot of money if I can just stay in my own place yeah. versus always having to pay for short-term accommodation. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the situation that, that is going on and, and where, where authorities are cracking down all over the world, um, a lot of hosts, they're not really afraid of being shut down. They just want to know what they can do legally. You know, they want to they wanna know what they, what they can get away with and, and what is deemed okay. Because, you know, for, for most people that do Airbnb, yourself included, I think, it's, it's about more than just the money. Um, it's about the experience, you know, and, and a lot of the hosts that I speak to, they, they end up in some cases losing money when people come and stay with them because it's, it's about the experience and, and it's about the things that they're doing with the guests and the experiences that they have with the guests, which compels them to keep going. Um, and even if you are, making money on Airbnb and, and that's your goal and, and you're running it as a business. Um, I think that there's a lot of people that I've spoken to as well that, that are in that situation and they say that the reason that they um, are continuing to do Airbnb and continuing with it is because the people that come and stay with them through Airbnb um, are, you know, it's like a different caliber of traveler. You know, there, there are a lot of other sites that you can list on and, and I've heard I've heard mixed things about about a lot of different competitors. And I'm not I'm certainly not trying to talk, you know, talk rubbish about about any of the competitors because I think there's advantages and disadvantages to every platform. But it does appear to me that the people that travel as a guest using Airbnb um, are seeking uh, a different kind of experience and more than just somewhere that they can come and dump their bags for the for the weekend while they go out exploring. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of stories that I've I've heard about friendships being made, and you know that, that if you watch anything recently that Brian or Joe or Nate, uh, you know any any opportunity that they've had to speak publicly, I think Joe Gebbia recently did a TED talk about design. Brian Chesky recently did a, a video about um, their like live there campaign, and they're really going hard at the moment on that first story, that first airbnb trip and these three people came to live on airbeds and you know and then we made friends with them and that's what this is all about it's not about making money there is the serious money side making uh, the, the money making side to it but 
you know, that experience thing seems to be what they're really focusing on at the moment. And this Live There campaign that they're introducing right now, um, and I do, you've probably seen the TV adverts. There's been loads of TV adverts here in the UK, and they're going hard on, on social media with it. I've seen, I've seen it on YouTube. Have you seen it, Jasper? You've seen this Live There campaign? I have. I have seen some of it, yeah. And, and the things that they're introducing there, you know, I, I think are really interesting. Some of the things that they're trying to do to uh, make the experience even better. You know, I'm just not seeing it from any of their competitors at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, how, how, much, how much have you seen? How much have you heard about this? Is this, is this all new to you, the, the Live There stuff? Or what, what do you know um, about what's going on? Because... Because I, I can I can happily talk through all of it, but if you wanna if you wanna no please go ahead, uh, go ahead. yeah go ahead and, and let's let's talk about uh, the the changes that are coming up and what Airbnb is going to do to uh, sort of reinforce the idea of not just using the house as a place to sleep but but really engaging in the in the local life. Yeah, you know. So what we what we've talked about so far is governments trying to um, control the way that Airbnb is being used. Um, Airbnb, what they're working on at the moment is trying to get, trying to become more integrated into the whole travel experience, right? So the way I see it is they've conquered, if you like, the the homes of the hosts um, and they've conquered that whole booking experience. But at the moment, you know, you you check in, you check out. But Airbnb don't have much involvement in between unless something goes wrong. Is that fair to say? You know, yeah. Airbnb, Airbnb don't really talk to the guest at all during that time unless there's been some problem that they need to resolve, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, um, and what they seem to be doing at the moment is is working on a series of ideas and a series of um, series of things that they're piloting and a couple of things that they've announced that seem to be heading in that direction and they want to take over that whole experience and really take control of that whole experience um, to try and make it much better as a guest so that you keep returning to Airbnb. Um, so there have been two things that they have announced and confirmed that they are doing. And then I've heard about a couple of other things in the background that um, aren't necessarily public knowledge yet, but you know we can, we can talk about um, because I won't name any sources. Um, but the two things, if you go right now to Airbnb's website and you go to airbnb.com slash live there, you'll see an announcement by uh, Brian Chesky, CEO, who runs through a couple of things that they're doing and, and some updates that apparently have launched in the app, but I don't think they've been rolled out across the world yet. So um, these are things that you either have already uh, in the app, depending on where you are, or they're going to be coming very soon. Um, matching is part of that. Now, this is something that this is something that they're, they're they're basically trying to match hosts and guests that have similar qualities, similar interests, similar behaviour. He doesn't go into too much detail as to what exactly that means, and I don't think it's ever something that you're going to see you're you're ever going to notice as a host or as a guest, but. Basically, what we're talking about here is the algorithms that control which listings are shown to you when you do a search as a guest. Okay, so if you're a seasoned seasoned traveler and you've been using Airbnb and you've got a profile and you've stayed at a few different places versus someone new um, that hasn't stayed anywhere before, if we do exactly the same search, if I if I'm the person that's travelled a lot and you're you're the person that's never travelled before, um, and we do exactly the same search, it means we're going to see different results. And that will be based on 
um, you know, the amount of money maybe that I've spent uh, on Airbnb before and the sort of co- co- price and the, the kind of trips that I'm looking for, maybe based on the kind of accommodation I've stayed in. Um, so they're expanding that and they're le- letting you categorize your, your accommodation now. So I think one of the categories, for example, is castle. So, you know, if someone has only stayed in castles, then maybe you're going to recommend them castles a bit higher up. Um, but they're really working to make discovery of listings much, much more efficient. So as opposed to just a blind search, if I just search one particular part of London, you know, as opposed to it just being relatively dumb and just showing me stuff that's been recently updated or people that have recently joined, it looks like they're really trying to step up that matching that's happening in the background. Um, And obviously, if you log in with Facebook or you log in with Google or whatever, they can take data from that as well. And they probably are. And they're probably trying to match you with uh, hosts and listings that you want to stay in. So um, what do you think of that? I mean, how you, you've hosted a lot more than I have. Um, so like, as a host, how, how do you think that something like that is going to affect you? Well, I think this is really important when you are sharing the space with your host, right? Because then you know, having similar interests and uh, having similar, enjoying similar activities, et cetera, is, is something that's really important because you, you're you actually going to meet the host. You're going to spend time together probably. I think for people like myself who are renting re- remotely, like I, I don't even meet most of my guests. So, yeah. you know, that's kind of a different uh, different story. But uh, one thing I've noticed, which is kind of like on the same topic, is that I recently did a search in San Francisco and – I noticed that all the listings are tagged now in the search results. So, for example, I'm just looking at some search results right now, and uh, there's this one listing. It says Modern Spacious Mission Terrace Apartment. And then uh, but underneath the title, you know, it says Entire Home Apartment, the amount of stars and the amount of reviews. And then below that, there's free tag- tags. It says Residential, Near Public Transport, and Modern. And I think those tags are the same ones that you find when you go to the review section. Because I think uh, when you review a place as a guest, they'll Airbnb will ask you like, "What do you like about this place? Can you, mm-hmm. you know, can you mention some things that you uh, that you thought was really good?" And I've also seen this in the reviews. Actually, I've seen um, I've seen these tags show up in the reviews. I, I can't see them right now for this particular listing, but I'm pretty sure that's uh, another thing that they do. Uh, you can also search uh, through the reviews now. So yeah, I think uh, you know creating better matches is is obviously an improvement to the system. You know, it's it's an improvement to meet to matching the you know the demands of the uh, of the customer with yeah. uh, whatever the host can provide. So I think that's definitely uh, an improvement. And I mean, going back to you know, we're talking about the difference between Airbnb and other platforms. And, you know, this is one of the things that Airbnb excels at. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're very in- innovative. They always come up with new things, trying to improve their system, trying to improve mm-hmm. the website. And so, you know, I, that's one of the reasons why I'm a big believer in the, in the future of Airbnb, even though the, you know, the governments are cracking down every now and then. And, you know, there's some, some new rules. I think it's just a, a period where, you know the old the the authorities and and people are trying to figure out you know how they want to deal with this new concept 
Yeah. And eventually it will kind of like uh, converge into some sort of status quo where uh, where then every you know everything is pretty clear and people house will know what 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 the rules are the local authorities yeah. will know better you know what kind of effects the Airbnb community has on on, on the city and how much revenue they get from it as well um, yeah. and so you know it like you said it's just going to be uh, a bit different it's going to be a little bit more uh, rules and stuff but I definitely still see Airbnb uh, as as a huge uh, uh, opportunity for for a lot of people yeah and uh, i mean the thing about the thing about airbnb is that in the last nine to 12 months based on based on the, the data that i've got um from the, the things i was running through earlier you know in the cities that i've been analyzing there's been a 40 percent increase in total listings so the, the popularity of hosting your property on airbnb is going through the roof there's been a marginal decrease in in the average price that you can get i mean it's gone down by sort of 10 percent which you know in some cases it's gone up in some cases it's gone down um much more than that but the thing about the thing about this matching service that's running in the background my biggest concern at the start of this year for airbnb hosts was that so many of them because they've got no digital marketing experience they've got no background necessarily in in um, understanding how to market a, market a vacation rental or market, you know, build their own website and market themselves. All of, all of the uh, value that the Airbnb service has as as a host, um, because they can't do any of that themselves. They rely on Airbnb bringing people to their listings. And if you think about the increase, if you think about that increase in property, an obvious decrease in sort of average price that you can charge per property, then hopefully a service like this means that as they continue to expand, um, if they get really good at matching guests with hosts, then it will mean that you will be able to charge, you'll be able to charge a good amount of money as opposed to having to try and compete with your next door neighbor. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. You know, and I, th I think the power of this stuff that you, you will never see. And as a guest, you have no idea um, unless you you know, are interested in, in how websites and, and these sorts of things are put together, a guest is not going to have any idea why they're seeing a certain listing. Um, they're going to think it's based on, you know, the relevance to them. And it is. in It's probably more relevant to them than they will know. Um, and I hope that what that does is makes uh, Airbnb, you know, a sustainable option and that it means that, um you know, we, we, we will, as, as it continues to become more popular and as everybody, you know, I first saw this when they integrated the hosts and the guests um, into the same app, right? As soon as, as soon as you, as soon as I realized that you could switch between hosts and guests on the app by just one button, that signified to me that, you know, what they're actually aiming for is for everyone to be on Airbnb as a host and a guest and that you use it as a guest to go and travel places and then you use it as a host to let other people in and you can do both of those simultaneously um while on the move you know probably probably more akin to again to what you have spent some time doing jasper so yeah i i, I think overall the matching thing it sounds like uh if they if they're able to pull it off you know it's using machine learning to match um, hosts and guests and I think that that is going to be the effects of that could be massively positive um, and it means that you're going to be able to continue to charge a competitive price 
um, without needing to worry too much about bringing people to your listing. So, so that's a really, that's a really good one. Another big announcement that they made, and this is, this is something that I, this is a part of uh, the Airbnb sort of ecosphere that I am very familiar with. Airbnb have launched an update to their guidebooks, right? Now, obviously at PearlShare, as soon as we saw this, uh, everybody was on the Airbnb website looking at this, reading about it, trying to find out what they're doing, because it's something that, that we have been doing and filling that gap. And the thing with the new guidebooks is that uh, you basically, you, you can go in, I've, I've had a go at creating one. Um, they're quite good fun uh, to try and try and set up. And what they are doing, if you watch the video on the Live There page that Brian Chesky shows, he, he basically takes a comparison of TripAdvisor on the left-hand side and the top things that are recommended to do in, in Paris um, on TripAdvisor. And then he takes the things that they have taken from their guidebook where they've got sort of three and a half million recommendations from hosts and compares the two lists next to each other. And obviously on the TripAdvisor side, you've got, you know, the Eiffel Tower, you've got the Sacre Coeur, you've got all of the things, you know, go, go to the Louvre and see the Mona Lisa, all of the most touristy things. And on the right hand side in the Airbnb column, you've got five places that you've never heard of. And again, like what that signifies to me is more than just the feature of the guidebooks, because if I'm honest, I still don't think that they've nailed that. Um, I think I think they've made it slightly easier to create a guidebook as a as a host. But I think the way that they're surfacing them to guests and the way that you can, you know, the, the sort of features that you can use to sort of save that information or come back and refer to it later on and stuff. Um, I'm not worried about it uh, as a competitor. Yeah, I still think the Pearl Share is superior. But obviously, I'm biased. But what it signifies to me is that Airbnb are thinking outside of your home now. They they have taken the concept. You know, if you, if you think about what hosting is, you you spend a lot of time thinking about the inside of your house. You spend a lot of time thinking about how to best convey that through your listing. And then you know you've got a lot of prop, you've got a lot of companies that are working on. You know, making sure that your guests get their keys, making sure that they have uh, a clean home to walk into, all that sort of thing. What Airbnb are thinking about now is taking control of the experience that the guest has. As soon as they walk through your front door and out into your neighborhood, what are they what are they trying to do? What are they trying to find? And what can you as a host provide to them um, with your local knowledge that uh, makes their experience better and maybe you know maybe that is sharing a guide of places that are um, near to you that you enjoy and you know that other local people that enjoy but that might be overlooked by tourists that seems to be the concept of this whole live there campaign um, and so I, I find that I find that really interesting and that's something that they've announced the guidebooks are going to be part of the Airbnb system um, there's still a few obvious flaws, I think, in in that. But you know, they've only just announced it, and uh, if if there are other timelines or anything to go by, we probably won't see it really being adopted for people by hosts for another nine to twelve months. But the the other things that they're trialing that I I, I think a lot of people aren't aware of um, are really exciting, and and the most exciting of those is this city hosts idea. Now. Um, Jasper, you you seem quite excited about this because I sent it in that email on Tuesday. Um, Absolutely. Have you had had you heard about it before the city hosts? 
I actually have not heard about it, but I think they've tried similar things in the past, right? Because I yeah. think the basic idea is that, uh, you know, you have people coming into your house and obviously those people want to do things. Yep. And as a host, you're sort of the first point of contact with the visitor in your city. So you're, you're in an ideal position to, you know, to provide other services to, to the guests, like, you know, like be a tour guide or yeah. uh, do all sorts of other things, and that, that's kind of what it's what's it, what it is about, right? It's about that's being right, the yeah. host in your in the city, not just in your in your apartment or house. That's right, and it's taken as as you say, they definitely tried it before. Um, so there's a host from San Francisco uh, that is uh, really really active on Pearl Share, and I speak to her quite a lot, and um, she's actually taken part in one or maybe two of their experiments they're sort of pilot schemes around this it used to be called experiences and i think recently they've sort of changed the name to city hosts but essentially it's using the airbnb marketplace to allow hosts to provide local experiences to guests and and this is the important distinction i don't think you have to stay with the host that is hosting the trip i think that that host the hosting of the the trip and an Airbnb property, I think, are two different things. And I think that you you are able to host a trip without necessarily having the people that come on your trip stay in your home, um, which is very interesting, right? So she has been running uh, like tours of the vineyards and wineries in um, like Sonoma and around parts of California, uh, Napa Valley, that sort of thing, and and she has been hosting groups of people and they aren't, they aren't people that are staying with her. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, that opens up a huge amount and, and anyone that's got any sort of expertise or local knowledge can, can think about, and there is a place that you can sign up that I think I've linked to in that email. Um, I'll try and dig out the link for you just so that you can include it in the show notes for this. But, um, but yeah, the, it's such an interesting concept that, you know, you're able to offer more than just, you know, a place to stay. Um, but I yeah. can't work out how you would do the financial side of that. I don't know how you could turn a profit on that without hosting. I, I, for, for me, you have to be working with bigger groups than just um, than just the two people that are coming to stay stay with you. Like, unless you're charging an extortionate amount of money to go and do something incredible you know if you're yeah. doing a, a walking tour or you know you're touring a couple of local galleries or you know something that's accessible accessible that a lot of people are going to be able to do i don't know i haven't quite worked out how the commercial side of that is going to work i think opening it up to people who are not staying with you but are you know on airbnb somewhere else in the city is is something yeah. that will really help right because then you know you have access yeah. to to quite a lot of people and um I really love the idea. Uh, I think it's great. Yeah. And uh, what would I know you do? That, uh, what would what would you what would you do if you were well, if you were putting on a trip or or an experience? Well, I'm I'm already thinking. Uh, you know, I'm already thinking in in Santiago in Chile because you know my life as an Airbnb host in Amsterdam might be uh, short lived. But um, you know, for example, uh, organizing a trip to the beach. Uh, could be could be something you know there it's like i don't know maybe like an hour drive you rent a van or something and you know you organize uh, a whole day maybe some uh, some sightseeing or 
uh, a local uh, a tour around some some cool bars, like a bar pub crawl is what you guys call it in England, right? A pub yeah, crawl. yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, that was, yeah. So if there's a lot of English tourists, then uh, that should be a hit. Um, you know, for uh, for the French, maybe like uh, some wine tasting opportunities, like go to some nice wine bars or. I mean, there's tons of stuff you can think about, and you know, I I really like the idea because it it just empowers the host to do more with their with their home than just uh, you know renting out the space. And you know, the other thing that I find really interesting is the the providing dinners. You know, I, I know that Airbnb has tried yes. this in the past as well. They they run this pilot yes. where hosts can uh, you know basically. Uh, provide dinners to their guests, but not only to their guests, also to other Airbnb hosts. I think there's a couple of platforms actually. There's there's Eat With and there's there are feet. There's Visit in in France. Yeah, there's a bunch of um, uh, yeah. We we do actually. I actually went along to one of those uh, in Paris while while I was at the open Airbnb organizer with a company called Visit, and um, it was wicked. It was amazing. We had it. I mean. I know a couple of other people that also went on similar similar evenings uh, didn't have quite a good, uh, quite as good a time as we did. Like, so we turned up. I think it started at sort of seven o'clock. We we managed to arrive about an hour late because of the taxis and stuff. Um, uh, we were meant to finish at eleven o'clock, and I think we went until three in the morning. Um, and since then, the person that hosted the evening, a uh, lovely lady called Alison, who hosted us um, in in Paris. Has actually come over to London, and uh, I took her for a coffee, and and we caught up um, since. So yeah, I, I I I think you're right. I'm all for dinner parties. I think the dinner parties are they're they're so closely aligned. You know, it's, it's so very similar to having someone come and stay in your house. You know, come and do a dinner party for six or seven people, and if you can cook, um, and you're interested in meeting new people, then. You know, I, I think I think that there, there's huge potential for that one. Um, but it's it's getting people out and into the local area that I think I, I, I think there will be plenty of people that will take them up on doing it. But I think that, you know, they, they just need to help hosts by prompting the sort of things that you could do or could offer um, with just a little bit of local knowledge. It's 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 a really exciting move. You know, I think anything that is offering experiences during the trip it's just it's more touch points for airbnb to be in touch with the guests um and i also i you know i wonder whether that i wonder whether the implications of that will be that if the guest is in touch with airbnb more often whether they'll be able to take some of the review process and break it down so that it happens over the trip um now I've, i'm thinking about this like i my background in in sort of apps and websites and stuff is is quite a lot. I'm, I've been quite heavily involved with Polshare's product side um, and thinking about the sort of features and things. And I had this thought the other day about uh, what Airbnb needs. And I think if they're going to be talking to the guests and the hosts during the stay more, then they need to start capturing what I would describe as, as moments. So the things that go well and the things that go badly, as opposed to waiting until the end and reviewing at the end of the trip, it's whether they can can get those, whether they can capture the amazing thing that happens, you know, minutes after it happens, or um, if if there's been some sort of problem, whether that can be captured at the time and not, you know, waiting for a scathing review from somebody. 
because I think that if you, you know, if, if you were able to sort of capture and deal with stuff at the time, if it's a negative thing, then, um, you know, I, I hear it all the time. Hosts, hosts have some problem right at the start with a guest, then they resolve it and they go on and have a really great week with them and they get a negative review or they get a review where it's, it's not, you know, the, the fact that they solve the problem isn't mentioned. Um, and, you know, if, if you're introducing a load of new features where the host and the guests are going to be using the Airbnb app more, then perhaps you can introduce things that, that spread out that review. Um, and it can kind of be like, how was your day to day versus how was your entire trip? And then you can average the, you can average out over the days. And probably I would imagine, um, that that would mean, uh, more positive reviews. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely like the idea because you know, realistically, when people write their reviews, it's usually a few days after they've gotten home, or like a week later, even. I guess the window is up to two weeks, and you look back at your experience, and what do you remember? Right, people are always going to remember that one thing that went wrong, and uh, you know, they might not remember, like you said, the the cool little things that happened. That uh, that sort of get lost uh, in 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 memory uh, after after a while. So I definitely like the idea. I mean, basically, what you want is you want the review to be a, the most accurate representation of the experience that you've had, right? Yeah. And so yeah. experiences are always like you know the sooner you capture it, the better. But it's also, I mean, it's it's also if you think about the long term, if you're capturing moments as they happen. Um, it, it, it does two things. Airbnb are great at telling stories, right? You look at anything, anything that they put out, any advertising campaign, whatever, the stories are incredible. And, and the storytelling is really, really high quality. Um, and, and anything that they do, any kind of ad campaign, they always go out and search for real hosts and they will tell the real hosts. And in putting together these guide books and putting together the their sort of guide, neighborhood guides, They've gone out and done all this original photography and they're really good at telling stories. If you introduced something like that, which was capturing uh, more regularly, capturing stories from guests, A, you can deal with the problems quicker. That's great. But B, from a storytelling side, you can capture all of that. Uh, you can capture the stories as they happen um, and, and promote them to other, to other guests and stuff. But you can also use it as a remarketing tool later on saying so have you seen on facebook um i don't know if this is just just in my circles on facebook or whether this is something that affects everybody but time hop you familiar with time hop i'm not so like all all of my facebook posts recently are people my friends posting reminders from a year ago or four years ago or 10 years ago where facebook has basically been saying oh this photo that got loads of likes back in 2003 do you remember this? And it's, you know, whatever your update was at the time as well. And it's basically trying to remember, it's remind people of the great events that they, they have captured on Facebook. Now, if Airbnb had something like this where I'm out, I'm at a wine tasting with the host, I'm having a great time. And I've got, I've got a picture because the camera on my phone is amazing now. Um, I've got a good picture of me and the host, you know, having fun together and i can save that on the app and i can tag them in it a year later they can say hey you remember when you were in uh, when you were in paris and you went on that wine tasting 
why don't you think about booking a trip and go and visit your friend back in Paris again? You know, so it's like it's it's things like that that will mean that hosts will be able to. Um, I, the way I see it going, Jasper, basically, is that as an Airbnb host, you are that they are going to basically encourage you to have a select group of people that come and stay with you regularly, right? That you're always open to new guests, but I think one of the biggest opportunities that's there at the moment that they aren't taking advantage of is um, repeat journeys, repeat business, people coming back to your Airbnb again because they had they had a good time the first time. Some people will do that anyway. It's in their nature. Some people, once they've gone and had a good trip in, in I don't know, down in Cornwall in England, they might go back to that same cottage the next year or try and book it again, right, because that's it. But Airbnb does nothing to encourage that. As far as I've seen, there's nothing that says, um, you know, why don't you go and go and stay in the place that you've already stayed? And uh, I, I don't know if this is the case for everybody, but I can still message the person that I hosted in October before going to the Airbnb Open. I can still send them a message. And it's one of the tips that I gave to a couple of hosts that were saying, you know, reporting that they had low bookings was you've got a directory of people that have already decided that your place was good, good enough to go and stay in. Um, so why don't you go and get back in touch with them? Now, I don't know if there's rules against that. I haven't looked too too heavily into the terms of service for Airbnb, but I'm pretty sure that you're, or the likelihood that someone is going to, you know, want to stay with you. If they've already stayed with you, that could only increase, surely, unless they had a terrible time, in which case don't message them. But if you've got a five-star review from someone, getting back in touch with them and saying, hey, you know, I don't know if you're thinking of coming back to London this year, but if you are, um, you know, I'd love to have you again. I'd love to see you again. We had a great time. And then if you think about, you know, if they may, may, were able to introduce a feature that lets you capture those stories as they happen, then you could say, and, you know, I'd love to go back to that bar that we went to and had that great time in. Does that, does that all make sense? Yeah, it's an interesting thought. I've never thought about that, actually, uh, messaging uh, former guests. Well, I mean, you know, so with, with I've, I've done marketing for the last couple of years, and the first place to start is always any existing list of people that you've got you know, they, they say there's like there's always advice when you're starting a business and it's like, you know, the, the, the first customers that you get will be your friends and family because they're the closest to you. Well, on Airbnb, if you've been hosting for a year and you have a couple of people in a week, then you've potentially got you've got more than 100 people that you can get back in touch with that have already made that they've already looked at your listing. They've already um, you've already got some relationship with them and you can capitalize that on that again. And, you know, maybe maybe they will say no, but maybe one or two say yes. And maybe that fills out part of your calendar. And you definitely better put, about doing it. Yeah, you definitely put yourself back on the radar. Because even if they don't want to stay, if, they, if they're not coming back. Exactly. Or you know, pass maybe, it on to your friends. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, it's, uh, it's a way to put yourself back on the map yourself uh, on the radar so i think that's that's a really good suggestion actually and again i also don't know if it's uh if it's against the rules of, of airbnb but i imagine hey, you can do it's it not... you 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 if, if i can do it if i can still get in touch with people from six months ago then other people must be able to do that as well yeah for sure um and you know these things i'm not condoning breaking the rules i'm not condoning breaking the law but if you can do it then why wouldn't you be doing it 
Yeah, and, and I, it's, again, it's the same. Uh, it's the same principle. Uh, it's better to just do and then see if somebody's going to stop you than to uh, worry about uh, oh, is this allowed or not? And yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. John, move, uh, move, I, I gotta, break, I gotta end this uh, this talk. It's been uh, it's been super interesting to to talk to you and to discuss all these different topics. Yeah, and no definitely, uh, definitely, we'll uh, get you back on. But uh, for now, uh, we're going to have to finalize this uh, this episode. So, uh, yeah, really, thanks a lot. Uh, no, been, no problem. It's been really good. And I've, I'm sure the listeners have found it really interesting. We've discussed a lot. Uh, I just want to mention one thing before uh, I'll let you guys go is that uh, I have a Facebook group. It's called Airbnb Academy. And I've been running it for a while. And uh, it's always been a, a secret group. Uh, it has uh, 170 members right now, but uh, I decided to just kind of open it up to uh, to get some more people, get some more hosts into the group as the community is growing. So if, if you want to be part of the Facebook group, and it's basically a group where we discuss all sorts of Airbnb-related topics, you can ask any questions. And I think, John, you're you're in the group, are you? I'm in, I'm in the group now, yeah. You're in the group I, too. I just got the notification that you changed it from secret to closed. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, it's, um, if, if you want to be part of the group, uh, just go on Facebook, search for Airbnb Academy, and then you should be able to find the group and uh, just send me a request, and then I will, uh, I will let you in the group. Um, other than that, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm uh, interested to know if you like this type of podcast episode. Uh, I'm trying to do something new and trying to see what people like. So feel free to reach out to me at jasper at getpaidforyourpet.com and uh, let me know what you think. And uh, if I get a lot of positive reactions, then uh, you know maybe we'll end up doing a, a weekly or a monthly digest or something like that. So be good to get together again, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's always always uh, interesting to talk to you, uh, John. Yeah, and you. Um, and uh, I'll just get a quick couple of plugs in. Um, the best place to uh, share local recommendations with your guests is pearlshare.com. Go there, sign up for free. It's all completely free. There's no advertising. There's nothing on there. Um, there's nefarious. Uh, it, we're all coming from a good place, and we're going to help you uh, make some really good recommendations to your guests. Um, and then the other thing is to follow us on Twitter. You can follow Pearlshare. You can follow me, John M. A. Bauer on Twitter. If you follow me, you'll see my pin tweet at the moment is this uh, weekly Airbnb email. It applies to all holiday rental hosts, really. It's not just Airbnb stuff, but because they're the, the market leader, like that's that's tends to be where I take most of the inspiration from. And yeah, make sure that you follow Jasper and all the stuff that he's doing and come and get involved on that Facebook group because there's a lot of different Facebook groups out there, but this, this one seems to be really good quality. So um, come and join in. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week on Monday with another episode. So we'll see you then. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Yeah.